welcome to Good Day for a Vacay. I'm Rachel Kendall, and as a through and through Enneagram 7, you can usually count on the fact that as I'm doing all the things, you know, being a wife, mom, entrepreneur, and pursuing all things freedom and health, I'm also most likely simultaneously plotting how to add as many trips as humanly possible into our schedule in the back of my mind. Welcome to my crazy world. I'm so glad you're here. Each week, we're going to cover different topics like chatting about health and wellness, all things Enneagram, growing closer to Jesus, and of course, dreaming together about that perfect vacation destination. I'm so excited for our very first episode, just in time for your last minute Christmas shopping. Now, I get it. A lot of y'all are already on top of it and maybe already completely done with your Christmas shopping and already have the gifts under the tree. Hopefully today's episode does not make you unwrap those gifts and take them back. But um, I really hope it's helpful. It's going to be so much fun. Today is all about the Enneagram. We're focusing on your favorite gifts to receive based on the Enneagram number. Okay, I talked a little bit about this in the intro episode, but if y'all didn't, hear that, this is worth mentioning again. If you're looking for a really in-depth scientific explanation of the Enneagram, this really isn't your place. Whenever we chat about Enneagram on here, I'm kind of going to assume you already have a basic knowledge about your type. If you're completely lost already and haven't ever figured out your number, I definitely recommend taking a test and reading a little more about it first. The thing I love absolutely about the Enneagram is it doesn't necessarily focus on just your behavior, but the motivation behind it. My favorite resource for learning more about Enneagram is hands down from Beth McCord. She's a believer. She takes on the Enneagram from a biblical point of view, and it's just everything I've read and listened to of hers. I really, really love her book. Becoming us is such a great resource for learning how to communicate better with those in your life. It's actually really a marriage book, but I just love figuring out what all the people close to me are and diving into to understand each person's behavior more. And I think it's just helpful for relationships in general. So people have asked me if they, if I prefer the audible or the paperback version of that book, honestly, generally I love audible, but, um, in this case, I kind of feel like the paperback version is would really be helpful if you really want to like underline and highlight and take notes and really dig deep into your type and into the type of those really close to you. So I kind of, in this one instance, recommend the paperback. Uh, the more we understand each other, the less we're likely to have misunderstandings or to jump to wrong conclusions about each other. And trust me, I can be the queen of that. It's a real work in progress, but that's why I love digging in. It's so important for me to understand that everyone's so different and just to embrace it. Just because somebody doesn't think just like I do, it doesn't mean they're wrong. God made us different and unique for a purpose. One thing I recommend is taking the test from your Enneagram coach. Um, And this is again a Beth McCord resource. I'm going to link the test in the show notes today. You can always find the show notes at rachelgkendall.com. So that's R-A-C-H-E-L-G-K-E-N-D-A-L-L.com. You can also find me at Instagram at rachelgkendall. So rachelgkendall.com for show notes and come hang out with me on Instagram anytime. 
But go take this test, find your number first off if you've never done that. Another thing I think it's really important to mention about the test is it's not a one-size-fits-all. Sometimes it takes a minute to get your number right. My best advice is to take the test. It'll give you your top few most likely numbers. Then go read more about each number to see if you can figure out which one you actually are. The top result isn't always the, your number because we aren't always honest when we take tests like that. Um, for instance, I've heard that Christian women often mistype as a two because a helper is a trait that we should all develop in our lives, but it's not necessarily your type. I mean, sometimes it is. There are twos, but just because you're a Christian woman doesn't mean you are a two. So we all have characteristics of different numbers, but it's more about finding your core motivations. You can understand why you do certain things and how to grow in that number. I've heard nines are very hard to nail down because they feel like they have the characteristics of like all the numbers um, and that many fives just aren't into it at all and that sevens are the most excited when they find out what their number is. Spoiler alert, I'm a seven and I think it's the greatest thing ever. There's actually no good or bad number though. Uh, we're all created uniquely. Each number has strengths as well as weaknesses. So don't feel like you won or you lost a contest based on which number that you find out you are. Except, of course, if you find out you're a fellow seven, you really definitely win. But here's a little brief cheat sheet. It's non-scientific. These are just kind of my words, some of them. Some of them may be what they're actually called. Uh, take it for what it is. <laughs> but here's a rundown of the numbers. Ones are gonna be like a perfectionist. I have lots of these in my life and I love them. They're a little bit hard to buy gifts for though. Just beware. Twos are the helpers. Uh, threes are the achievers. Fours are romantics. Fives are what I lovingly refer to as the know-it-all. That's definitely not the technical name. I think it's something like the investigator. But don't be offended, I can make fun of it because sevens actually really lean towards fives tendencies in many ways, especially when we're doing well and dig in and do research on things. Uh, sixes are loyal and trustworthy. Sevens are fun, obviously. And eights are the challengers and are often really great leaders. And then last but not least, our nines are our peacemakers. So one other important tidbit I want to share is one misconception is when people start talking about wings is really that their initial test will say they score high, like let's say in a seven, and then their next highest score may be a two. Well, they think that's their wing. So they think, oh, I'm a seven wing two because here's my first score. Here's my second score. That's not really the way it works. The wing is the number on either side of theirs in the scale. So if you're a seven, you can e only either have a wing of six or eight. So I'm a seven wing eight, and my eight wing definitely shows up in stronger certain, like in certain situations, definitely more in like the business setting, and that situation is where my eight really shines and shows up. Um, but what you do when you take your test is, it's, it's really going to be good to look at the numbers you score high on and then go dive into each number and see which one you actually are. And don't just assume, oh, I scored highest in the seven, so I'm a seven. 
but really do the research and figure out which one of those top scoring ones you are. And then once you've nailed down what your number is, then you can kind of see the number on either side of it and which wing you might be and which wing you gear towards. Okay, once you figured yourself out, be sure to send it the link to the test to your family and all your close friends and have them do the same because it's going to be really important to understand the people close to you in your life. Beth has an amazing in-depth podcast that delves into each type. Uh, it's called Your Enneagram Coach. Again, I will link it in the show notes. I really recommend you go to the beginning and listen to your number and any of the episodes about the numbers of the people close to you. So that way you can really learn more from the expert on just the basics of the Enneagram, basics of your number. In our podcast, we're going to be taking on lighter topics once a month when we focus on Enneagram. Um, I'm going to pull my friends and family and we'll discover different behaviors for fun. My hope is that this really helps us understand each other better. And I especially think today's is going to be very eye-opening. And disclaimer, I'm going to apologize in advance if there's anyone that you discover that you really need to return your gift for. I'll be the first to admit, my research has definitely made me think a little harder over some gifts, and we're also going to talk about showing each other grace. So I asked people on my social media what their types were and if they'd be interested in helping us with this project. For this week's episode, here is what I asked them. Okay, I said, hey, thanks so much for responding. My first podcast episode will be all about Christmas gifts, and I want to see if there are any habits that ring true based on your number. I'd love to hear what your preference for gifts is. For example, some people love giving, getting gift cards. Some don't. Some love to make very specific lists. Some love surprises. Some love needs. Some love frivolous wants they wouldn't normally splurge on. Some love cash. Some are kind of uncomfortable receiving gifts altogether. Some love experiences or homemade thoughtful gifts, while others would really prefer a specific thing on their list. I'd love to hear your honest feedback on what you prefer, and I'm hoping this can help people as they shop for their loved ones. We often give based on our own preference instead of thinking of someone else's preference. There's no right or wrong or selfish answer here. I'm just really curious for some honest, quick feedback. Whew. And boy, y'all, did we get some great answers. One thing I found very interesting was that some people's wings showed up very strongly in this gift receiving situation. So we'll talk about that as we go. All right, here we go. We're just gonna go straight up in order, starting with our ones who were definitely some of the most opinionated in their answers. I love it, they were so detailed. I would really expect nothing less from this dear group of people. Okay, again, I have a lot of ones in my life and I love all the help with this answer. One of my friends shared in great detail the dilemma of receiving the perfect gift from a one's point of view. Here's what she said. Okay, gifts. I am actually super picky. I have high standards for literally everything in my life. It's annoying sometimes. As far as stuff goes, high standards doesn't mean expensive or elaborate. It just means specific, very specific. I want to be surprised with the perfect gift that meets my impossible standards, but I know that is not rational. Gift cards or cash would be a safe choice for me. My family knows I have a Pinterest wish list, which I haven't even updated this year. So they usually shop from that. 
I'll send my husband links to things I like with the size and color. I'm rarely ever happily surprised, which stinks, but again, I can't expect people to read my mind. If I get a gift from someone who I'm close to that doesn't meet my expectations, then it can hurt my feelings because I think that either they don't truly know me or don't care about me because I could possibly, because how could they possibly think I would like X, Y, or Z? And that would be why people that know me usually stick to my list. I don't say anything about it, but my face usually gives my feelings away very easily. I don't want to have such high expectations about everything, but I do. <laughs> I should add that this friend, she's very, she's a kind and loving friend. It would never come across as ungrateful, but it's so interesting because to me to buy her a gift would mean I would want to invest thought and try to surprise her because because that's how I think. But then I get kind of paralyzed because I'm just not sure what to get. So this year that actually turned into me never even getting her anything for her birthday because I couldn't find the right thing. And the most thoughtful thing would have just been to go with the gift card and definitely not just avoiding it altogether. I will do better next year, I promise. <laughs> One friend said she doesn't mind surprises as long as you know, all uppercase, that it's something that she will like for sure. So if you don't have that kind of confidence, maybe just stick with the gift card unless they've given you a list. Okay, this next one is possibly my favorite number one answer. I'm going to read the whole thing because I think this really gives some insight into the one and the why behind it. Okay, my gift preference would be to be the exact item that I had requested. Call it perfection or whatever, but for any item I might be in the market for, I have probably already researched the item thoroughly. I know the pros and cons of each brand. I have a strong preference for which one would be best. I guess that's the oneness in me coming out. For example, our 20-year-old Belgian waffle maker broke last year, and I really wanted a new one for Christmas because I was missing our once-a-week oat flour waffles. If I had told this person in my life that I needed a waffle maker. She would have bought the first one she saw on her weekly trip into town so she could just mark it off her list. If I had told this other person in my life, she would have overspent, thinking an expensive brand must be better, none the wiser about some significant design flaw that that particular model had. Not to mention the high price would cut into the dollar allotment that she usually gives us, which means we would end up getting less. The point is, neither of them would invest a lot of time reading reviews, comparing features, price matching like I would do. For that reason, I would much prefer to send the exact link to the product that my research has revealed is the best price for the features I desire. Since neither this person or this person are big online shoppers, I would usually have to order the gift myself and then arrange to get it to them before Christmas so they could wrap it and this would just only increase my shopping workload at the already hectic Christmas season. For that reason, through the years, I've just discovered it's easier to ask for money or gift card to the exact store that sells the item I want. Other Enneagram numbers would probably be much less, ex much less exacting about whatever waffle maker they might unwrap under the tree, but not us ones. If I did receive a product that I knew had issues or was lacking some feature I needed, I would struggle with, do I now risk appearing rude to ask for a gift receipt? Because if I kept it, every time I used it, and especially when I had a lot of time and effort to clean it because the waffles stuck badly, I would regret and mourn not having the best one based on my research. You just can't unknow what you know. With a smiley face. <laughs> the happy ending to this story is that all of my research and online price comparing paid off. 
trying to find a waffle maker that was actually in stock was a real challenge last Christmas during COVID. But I absolutely love the one I ended up buying. It turned out to be the perfect one for our family. Waffles have not stuck once and clean up is a breeze. Of course, I ended up ordering it and my husband and kids wrapped it and in quotation marks, gave it to me. Oh, the joy to have family and friends who are fellow ones who would do the hard part for me. But alas, I don't know of another one in my entire family. And I'm going to interject that likely if you did, you would probably still be the one doing the research. I think that the ones want to pick it out all on their own. But all in all, asking for the link to an Amazon list that they've likely already created may be the best way, the best way to go with the ones in your life. I think this is amazing feedback because it's just such a look into what they, what they would really want and that they're not trying to come across as ungrateful or rude or anything like that but they just have a very specific thing in their mind. And so while to one person, a gift card may seem impersonal, it may seem like the amazing gift for the one. And so I think this is so wonderful and so helpful for all the ones in my life. Now, I do want to say this is not a one size fits all rule, because remember, I did say at the beginning that I discovered that some people seem to be pulling from their wings in their answer with gift cards receiving. It's interesting. Some people definitely are pulling from their wings. So I had one, um, one wing nine answer completely differently. She said, I really like thoughtful gifts when someone makes a present designed just for me. I don't like thinking of Christmas lists, so I will enjoy any surprise gifts. This is a nine answer if I've ever seen one. Because this is part of this part of her personality pulls so strongly from her nine tendency Money is often a wasted gift in her case because she feels so badly spending it even on herself. Gift cards are probably better for nines, so there's no guilt in spending it. And surprises are for sure welcome. And basically, they just don't want to put anyone in any real stress when shopping for them. We'll get to some more nine answers at the end because it's very interesting. But it, it was a very interesting for me to see that even though she's a very strong one in so many areas of her life, it doesn't show up in this area of gift giving. So I don't know that that really helps you other than it might be worth kind of diving in and figuring out which, you know, whether it's their main number or maybe their wing that's showing up in their gift receiving and gift giving areas. So that's our one and moving right on to number two. All right, here's something really important to remember about our twos. Twos are very thoughtful people, and it seems like what I found in the research suggests that they're often left feeling like they put more thought into other people's gifts than people put into theirs. So if you have a two in your life, it's important to note that generally, it's really meaningful for them for you to see them and put some real thought into it, because likely that's what they've already been doing for every single person on their list. One two responded, Oh, wow, this is perfect for me because my love language is gifts and I feel like no one gets it, at least no one in my family. I prefer a gift that I want, but I want to be surprised. So I want them to go in a store and see something and say, wow, that is so me and get it for me. That's how I shop too. If someone is hard to figure out, it just makes it so hard for me. Also, being a two, I question myself, wondering if they'll really like it. And if they don't, I take it personal and feel rejected. I'm working on this. Another one said, honestly, I prefer gifts where people put thought into it. 
That doesn't really happen that much though, and I tend to prefer to get things for people that are unique for them. She went on to say what she really wants is like help painting her bathroom or fixing a problem with a curtain in her bedroom. And she also hopes for gift cards. Uh, she said, At my type is a two, which has tremendous fear of rejection or being under, unappreciated or ignored. With my friends, I do try to do something that they want, but also consider things that would have meaning also. This definitely shows that many times an act of service could be a meaningful way to really show a two that you see them and you care more than just a generic gift that you bought. Um, basically, twos just really want to be seen and want you to think about them and not just grab something off a shelf and get the list checked off. Now, not all twos are the same. One answered, I love cash and gift cards, and that's what I tell my girls when they ask. Or if I find something specific, which is rare, I'll shoot them a link. They send links to me too. It's great. So it seems to me that even though she is a two, probably in most areas of her life, she's really pulling from a strong wing one in this area um, because that answer seemed very reminiscent of our ones. Okay, yet another two expressed she makes a pretty detailed list of things she's going to use rather than things she needs. She expressed that she loves thoughtful gifts, but she doesn't mind if all that she gets is just things from the list. Here's interesting. She says, gift cards are fine, but always I'm always more excited when I get something off my list. So I think in general, twos are not usually going to value gift cards unless it's like you had a really thoughtful reason for getting them a gift card from that place. I think that's kind of what I'm gathering, that they... They really generally feel loved and seen when you get them something. But there's always an exception to every rule. Okay, moving on to our threes. All right, my hubby is actually a three, and I have several other threes that I buy for regularly. And so I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of what the threes want, but it's very different from what I would want. Okay, they love the latest and greatest version of something whether especially like with men and, and showing up with my husband like electronics gadgets they like to pick out very specific things and read reviews to be sure it's the best they like nice clothes but again they usually want to pick it out and it to be a very specific thing they appreciate splurges whereas my type finds a way to it's like way more fun to me to get bargains and have more surprises and more things the three definitely wants to skip the cheap version and go for the top quality item that will last even if that means they only have one gift under the tree that is not a bad thing to them um, if you already have an Apple watch great the latest series would be the perfect upgrade uh, I have another friend who's a three but this answer really rings much more true for either a wing two or four. So it goes to show it's important to figure out which number comes out when it comes to gift giving and receiving. Here's her response. Hmm, kind of hard to say. I love giving people gifts. It's my spiritual gift, no pun intended, haha. But as for myself, huh? When people give me gifts, I would rather them be thoughtful or something I would want or use. Like don't give me something that's just an afterthought, then I wouldn't even want it. She went on to tell a story about um, 
her ex who she had done this very elaborate party for and then for his birthday and then her birthday was just a few days later and what she got was obviously this very ugly afterthought sweatshirt uh, she didn't ever wear it stayed in the closet forever <laughs> fast forward and now she is with somebody who is very caring and so she went on to explain how at her last birthday that he went through all this trouble to, you know, give a cake, a basset balloon, um, opera tickets, a suitcase, all these, all these elaborate things, took on a surprise weekend getaway, just a ton of things and how meaningful that was. And she continued to say just the fact that he put thought into it and it was a fun experience activity, but also really thoughtful gifts. Um, she said, to answer your question, I don't care if they, if it's wants or needs or experiences, but just knowing that they paid attention or that it was thoughtful means more to me than whatever the gift actually was. But to me, this answer sure smells a whole lot like the answer before, which is the romantic who really wants to be seen, but it's also a lot like the two. So whichever one her wing is, um, I think she really probably pulls from her wing in the gift receiving area. All right, speaking of fours, next up. Fours are so unique and they have so many special qualities. They see people, they want you to see them too. Here's what a four who's close to me had to say. She said, okay, well, this is so interesting. For parents, at least, I usually want them to get me something I've asked for. Okay, and I'm gonna interject here for a second. I'm going to add in that I think that parents are kind of the exception to the rule here based on whatever number you are. Most people are just going to ask our parents for things, but our types show up more in what we would want from others. I think kind of that relationship with parents and gifts is a little bit different. Okay, she went on to say, with friends and sometimes family, I love thoughtful gifts. It doesn't have to be homemade, but something that's part of my personality or likes that they've picked up on. For example, if someone gave me something because it seemed like something I would like, or if someone said, oh, I remember you like carnations, so I got you this thing with carnations on it, that would stick out to me. I feel like I have a detailed memory, so it's meaningful when others have detailed memories and pick up on things about me. Okay, if you have a four in your life or a two in your life, I'm gonna really challenge y'all if you're not those numbers and that's not your natural bent, put the extra thought and intention in. Sometimes this does not come naturally to us, but odds are they have been putting that extra thought in for you for a very long time. And fours love to feel all the emotions. So if you can find a perfect sentimental gift, um, it's really going to make them feel loved. So it's so worth it to take the time and put in the extra time for them. Okay, our fives can be tricky to buy for. They love knowledge and div digging in deeper on a topic that they're really interested in. So if you know a topic that they're really into, uh, certain books, certain genres, history, what politics, whatever the case, and you can find something to really dig into that, wonderful. That may be a gift they would really appreciate. But also here's the thing, in general, Again, not always, but in general, fives are not usually fans of surprises. So here's a very helpful response from a five who's a friend of mine. 
Here's what he said. It's pretty rare for me to get something I actually want. I tell my wife she tends to get me things that she wants me to want. Cards are basically meaningless unless they have gift cards or money in them or a nice encouraging personal note. I'm good with cash. My best advice is to have a five make a list of things they want in the price range that the person wants to spend. This eliminates surprises, which we hate, and it means you're gonna get a gift that we really want. I lean towards splurges that I wouldn't spend my money on for gifts, not frivolous, but something I enjoy, maybe what I collect or a hobby that I like. Okay, I think that really is a perfect, typical five answer. And for your fives on your list who are not leaning towards either their four wing or their six wing, this is really the fives in a nutshell when it comes to gift receiving and probably gift giving also. Sounds like for a five, just ask. And if they don't tell you, because some fives definitely won't even want to tell you what they want, a gift card or cash would always be very welcome. Okay. Moving on to our sixes. All right, sixes are a little bit trickier. I really feel like the sixes answer could heavily depend on whether they're wing five or seven. If their wing is a seven, their answer is a lot more likely to be more frivolous than if they lean towards a five. Um, but if their answer is just six through and through, it's gonna probably be very practical, very needs-based. Um, sixes love to be prepared. Here's an answer from a friend of mine who's a six. I love giving someone whatever they want. Sometimes I prefer gift cards. Actually, I really love good gift card because then I can buy what I want or others can buy what they want or what they need. I also love putting items I would buy anyway, like socks, underwear, etc., in stockings. Okay, that is just a very, very six answer. Really practical. They really like to think things through and be prepared. So often needs are very welcome. I mean, sixes may be the people who want things in the kitchen, who want um, new new gadgets, new, new things that they're using every day. Um, one answer that a six may really love is like for emergency preparedness, like if in the middle of COVID they thought the world was ending and they were like me and they wanted to like to stock up on some things or to get like rechargeable flashlights or one great thing that I bought in the middle of the night one night, because isn't that when your mind just decides you need all the weird things, um, is like a charger that charges all your devices if you lose power, but then the charger itself will charge itself back up in the sun. So like a solar charger, super practical. <laughs> I've actually used these uh, quite a few times when our power's gone out, so it has come in handy, but I'm glad the world hasn't ended yet. Uh, but these might really be things that sixes would love. But let me say that if they have a wing of seven and might tend to be more frivolous, these may not necessarily be things that they want as gifts. So it's really kind of important to know your six, ask questions, um, but in general, probably gift cards, things for practical use are going to be very, very welcome from the typical six. All right, now we move on to my very favorite, the seven. I kind of feel like this is the number you've been waiting for this entire episode because I know that I'm likely on all of your gift lists. And so here's the time to really get into my head 
and find what the perfect gift for the seven in your life is. All right. As we were just talking about these emergency preparedness things, let me clarify that even though I do like some of those things, I would find that to be the most boring gift ever. While a six might typically love that as a gift and see a value in that gift, the way that my brain works is, oh, that's like a budgeted item that we would just use our budget money on. That's not like a fun gift item. So there's a real difference, I feel like, in the brains of the seven. Uh, basically, I just love gifts. Like it means a whole lot that you remembered a gift, that you thought of me, all of that is really, really appreciated. It's gonna mean way more if you've put like extra thought and attention to detail and thought of what I might like, but anything that can that I can tell that you've put any kind of thought into will be special to me, even if it's maybe an item I wouldn't have normally loved. So that's the thing. Like it's not so much necessarily about the item as knowing that time and attention was put into it and it's something that could be like a fun, happy gift or memory or something like that. Um, not so much if you just bought something with zero thought or effort just out of obligation and checked off a list. That's not, I mean, anything is appreciated and I am grateful that anyone put any thought into any gift at all but it's going to mean way less to a seven if it's just to check off a list or if it's very practical or any of those things, like it needs to be fun. It needs to have some fun thoughts with it or fun thing to do with it or whatever the case. Okay, I really, 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 really love surprises, but I'm also very difficult to surprise. It would really mean a lot even if you tried to surprise me and I find out, so that's still okay. Um, but I'm often never surprised because it's just hard to surprise me. But major bonus points if it's something just super frivolous or an experience we can do together or like the dream would be like pack your bags. We are leaving on a trip tomorrow. Everything is planned. Let's go. Like that seems like the ultimate. Now, in actuality, I may get very sad that I didn't get to like plan the trip and look forward to it in anticipation. So maybe it really needs to be like we're leaving in a week so I could have a whole week to anticipate it because I also feel like it's part of the sevens like fun is the anticipation of the trip and building it up and like talking about it and hyping it up as we're planning it instead of just, oh, poof, it's here. So yeah, maybe if you're gonna surprise me with a trip, give it like a week out and that would be awesome. Okay, it is really fun to pick things out sometimes. So it's okay to do like cash or gift card or something like that. I definitely would never turn that down. But here's the thing about a seven versus some of the other numbers is you may like have some numbers that keep those gift cards or save up the cash for a long time. Not so much a seven. Um, we're gonna use it within a few days. Like a lot of times I may already be on my phone redeeming the gift card the same day that you've given it to me so I can go ahead and get my hands on the, the fun thing, the real thing. Um, but that is fun to pick things out sometimes. So it's really not a bad idea if you're coming up blank. Uh, and that's something that's kind of ringing true for me with a lot of the numbers is that if you really, really, really are running, like coming up blank and can't think of anything else, then a gift card is okay. The worst thing probably is if you've picked out something and you ordered it 
and it's not coming for a long time. Now I get it, we're living in this age where shipping is a nightmare. You never really know when stuff's coming. I'm not perfect. I've had things I've had to print out a picture and wrap up a gift for somebody before, okay? like. So I really shouldn't have this standard, but I do. Like that would be the most disappointing gift to me. And I would really try to hide it, but it would be really disappointing to me to like open up something and then know I can't really have it. Case in point, and I'm saying this is a flaw. It is something I need to work on. Last year, Eric gave me an Apple Watch. It was really a wonderful gift like I was super pumped about it it ended up being the wrong size so I couldn't actually use it and so like in my heart I felt disappointed and that's like the worst ever because it's ridiculous it was such an extravagant wonderful gift and I love my watch but it was like they were sold out everywhere in the size that I needed and it took a while to even like well maybe not a while we did get it really soon, but I had to search and get on and figure out when the soonest I could get my hand on the right thing was so that I could begin enjoying the gift. Um, again, it is not make it right. I'm just trying to let you into my brain. Okay. Um, it, it just, to me, it says, oh, you didn't think or care enough to really get the real thing here on time. You didn't put enough forethought in it. And that's disappointing. I know that's not what it means because you did put the thought into getting the gift, um, but that is just how it somehow translates to my brain and it is something I need to work on. Also, I don't really want my gift early. Like, I don't want you to tell me what it is. I don't want to go ahead and open it early. I want to build up great anticipation and look forward to it on the event or on the day that we're celebrating. Here is another perfect example of my sevenness. You remember the waffle maker we talked about back at number one? Great research and thought was put into it. Me, on the other hand, I don't even really care for making waffles. I honestly would never ask for a kitchen gadget. That does not seem fun. Side note, cooking is not fun to me. Um, I wish it was. But last year, a sweet friend surprised me with a waffle maker. And it was one of my favorite gifts ever. And here's why. It wasn't that it was a waffle maker, but it was that she knew my love for Disney. She knew how obsessed I am with Disney, and I love going. It's such a special thing that holds so many memories for me and our family. Like, we went with the kids every year grow as they have been growing up, and just the joy of experiencing it at all different stages is just one of my favorite things. And... So I have been, I had really been talking about how sad I was to be missing Disney. I mean, it's almost been three years since we've been, which is not the end of the world. I mean, good grief, but it's still like, it was a sad thing to me and I missed it. And I hate like not being able to go during COVID. And if you think I'm going to go with a mask, you are wrong. <laughs> that, that would suck every inch of magic out of it to me. Um, now they may be about getting to the place where I could handle it. Um, cause there, there's hardly mask required anymore, but in the middle of it, no, thank you. We were actually supposed to be going to Disneyland the day it closed right at the beginning of all this mess. So at any rate, I had been, I think talking about it and how much I missed it. So my friends surprised me with this Mickey waffle maker for Christmas last year. And it just brought a smile to my face. Like every time I use it, I think about her and I just, it's, I mean, it's always more fun to eat anything Mickey shaped. And if you've been to Disney, you understand that and you know, 
So now, even though I never even liked making waffles, I go out of my way to have opportunities to make waffles because it just makes me so happy and it was such a fun, uh, happy gift. So that I feel like just perfectly describes the difference between like a seven and a one in this area is that it really didn't matter to me like if it made the perfect waffle or if it was hard to clean up or if it was efficient or any of those things. It was just so fun that it's shaped like Mickey. So there you go. Now you have a little bit of understanding into my crazy mind. <laughs> and now we're moving right along to the eights. One thing I love is that sevens are sandwiched right in there with two very practical people on either side. The eights are going to be much more practical. Again, it's not that they don't have a frivolous side, if they, especially if they have a wing of seven. They love fun. They love frivolity in certain times and in certain ways also. But eights are going to be much more likely to just be very honest and say it how it is. Um, okay, here is a hilarious answer from an eight that I will just read exactly what she said, but then I'm going to interpret to you what I think she meant. Here's what she said. I love surprises the best. I've never asked for a gift card except for somewhere like Starbucks or Nutrition Spot, but I also don't mind asking for specific things from people who couldn't pick out a surprise gift that I would love. Okay, translation. I feel like that she really probably meant to say, if you're capable of knowing what I'd want, you can surprise me. And I love surprises in that way, but otherwise I'm going to give you a list and tell you the specific things I would like. So I think that this rings true with all the numbers. If you noticed most numbers, not every single one, most want like enjoy surprises, but there are some that are more opinionated than others that like only want a surprise if, if they know that you're going to like be able to get them a good surprise. Um, this shows up some and in, in more num more numbers than others, but I think the eights are kind of this way. It's not that they mind surprises, but they do want it to be useful and they feel bad if they don't feel like they're going to use your gift. Here's another example of an answer that is a very honest answer. And I feel like this describes the typical eight very well. He said, I make a very specific list of things I need. And if you don't get the specific brand, size, etc., you wasted your money. It's not that I'm ungrateful, but if people are going to spend money on me, I want it to be something I will actually use or wear. Otherwise, it's just a total waste of their money. Okay. Notice that that wasting their money was in there twice. Uh, eights really know what they want and they'd like you to know too. And they, they're not really going to be super cryptic about it. So if you pay attention, you'll, you really should know what to do. Um, probably even down to the store and maybe even the sale, you know, just to be sure you're getting the most efficient deal on the specific thing they had picked out. Um, that's the thing is that eights, probably have researched kind of like the ones. And so if you're not getting it at the right place or at the right sale or in the most efficient way or just the right thing, they might feel like it is a waste and that they're not going to use it. And they'll feel bad about that because they want to be very grateful for any gift, but it's hard to feel grateful for a gift that they just feel like will not be put to use. So I love it. 
Aides can be successfully surprised, but again, you need to really listen and pay attention and don't just surprise them with a random shot in the dark because it may not get used and they would really feel bad about that. All right, moving right on, last but not least, our nines. The nines are our peacemakers. And it's really interesting because it's sometimes difficult for them to even accept gifts, much less ask for things. So I think the nines are very unique in this way. And here is one response from a nine. Okay, she says, I'm a nine. I'm pretty simple and not very elaborate when it comes to gifts. I like to give homemade or handmade gifts when I can. And I try to pick out something that someone would be able to use. I don't like to give someone something that wouldn't be put to good use or that they wouldn't enjoy. I try to be really intentional with that. As far as for myself, I don't like a lot of stuff or feel like I ever need anything. So my favorite gifts would be like experiences or Starbucks gift cards, wellness things, things that could be consumed or used rather than just sit around. All right, so very practical, um, wants it to be very useful. And, and doesn't really like to think of things they want, really. Here's another person who summed it up just short and sweet. She said, uncomfortable receiving gifts altogether. You just described me perfectly. Okay, this is where it gets so interesting because I think other numbers may not be able to understand. For instance, someone like a seven may completely splurge on something very extravagant because it's extra fun or extra surprising or whatever. And that could possibly make a nine completely uncomfortable receiving it if they were uncomfortable ex receiving extravagant things. So it's really important to consider the feelings of who's giving it and who's receiving it. You're probably not going to underwhelm a nine with your gift. So while some might think bigger is better, when giving to a nine, simple and thoughtful and useful may be the better way to go. Um, really, really interesting. And if you'll remember back to the one who had the wing of nine at the beginning, it was the same type of thing. Didn't want to make a list. I think nines just really don't want to put you out. They don't want you to go through any kind of major trouble or any agony over figuring out the perfect gift for them. Again, they're the peacemaker. They don't want this to be a stressful thing to you. And I love that because sometimes gift giving can turn stressful, especially when we have a long list and it's sometimes just easy to get the, the, the list checked off, but so much more meaningful to really look at each person we're buying for and the motivations behind and what would really make them feel special, feel seen or feel loved in how we give to them. Woo, we made it through finally. And I hope it was interesting to you. It sure was to me. Honestly, we all need to show each other grace as we give and receive. Gifts shouldn't be a point of stress, but a way to show love and appreciation for each other. So as we understand each other better, hopefully it helps us set up our expectations accordingly. Whether we're hoping for more thought to be put into our gifts or hopeful for a specific thing, or just if it doesn't turn out the way we want for whatever reason, that it can be a time of showing grace and also that we may be stretched and learn to love each other in better ways as we strive to really know each other better. I hope you'll have a wonderful week and I will see you next Wednesday as we take a break from the Enneagram and chat about health and wellness during the holidays. I just want to thank you so much for joining me in this fun new endeavor on this very first episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. I know I sure have and I'll see y'all next Wednesday. 
And don't forget, for more information, you can check out this week's show notes at rachelgkendall.com. That's R-A-C-H-E-L-G-K-E-N-D-A-L-L.com. And be sure to find me over on Instagram at rachelgkendall.com. Thank you.